What up? It's your boy Tony Sumo coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out of the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes. Now, use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store now. And check out fightkingdom.com. You can search for the Tiny Sumo Tea in the products tab, or you can follow the link in my bio. You can find Fight Kingdom on Facebook and Instagram and use the code Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store with those guys as well. And while you're online, do your boy a favor, check him out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, subscribe, like, share, follow, all those sort of things. Leave a five-star review, tell your friends, tell your family, let them all know, because your boy appreciates the support and the love, but I think that's enough of a plug. So let me get down with my guest. Yo! Hey, Shannon, how's it going, bro? Hey, mate, how are you? I'm very well, thanks for taking the time to have a chat, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, I'm sorry, I just... Uh... I just got out of my house to go for a drive because I got a new baby. And I realised the car wasn't really going to cut it, so I just pulled up at a mate's house. <laughs> no, that's all right. I can sympathise with a new baby. I've got a new baby myself, so oh, yeah? I, I, I can I can understand the uh, the things that go along with having the new baby in the house. I can sympathise there, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. A little bit wild. It, uh, it gets a bit wild, and I can only imagine it, it's even crazier too when you are working and trying to train for a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so look, I don't know if you've seen any of the chats before. What I like to do before I uh, talk about any of the recent happenings or any of the stuff coming up or anything like that, I like to get a little bit of a backstory. Yeah. I like to find out how people got involved in fighting in the first place. So if you could, take me back to the start and tell me how you got started. Right back to the very start. Take me back to the start. So I guess right back at the very start, of, you could probably say the start of me fighting was just being at home with five brothers and <laughs> learning learning to fight that way, I guess. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, so, yeah, three, three older brothers and two younger ones and quickly um, quickly learned how to fight. In the, in, in the home, in the lounge room, the last packet of chips. <laughs> That sort of stuff, so yeah. All right, so you've gone from there, you've gone from scrapping with the brothers in the land room over the last packet of chips. At what point did you sort of go, you know what, I'm going to make my way into a gym, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try this out in the gym setting? Um, that sort of took a, a long time, really. I, I started playing footy, and um, when I was in high school, I was in some sport excellence uh, sports programs. And one of my, one of the sports excellence coaches actually told me like one day, he's like, Oh, you should probably be a fighter because we were hitting mitts one day. And he said, you hit mitts real good. I said, Oh, I'm just whatever. I'm just doing what you're telling me. Hmm. And then, yeah, so he sort of sparked a little thing there. And then it wasn't until a few years after high school, I was playing rugby league just at a, at my local club and uh, just a few shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And then I decided just to head down to a boxing gym to keep fit and keep active. And then it sort of just just went from there. Um, my coach at the time at that gym, he was um, a Swedish guy. His name was Cal. He actually come from the same place where Alexander Gustafsson come from, and mm-hmm. they and they used to train together. And um, so yeah, I started training with him, and I, I learned a lot pretty quick. And I think it was like six months. And he said like, "Oh, you've got to fight this weekend." And I sort of said, nah, bro, I'm not fighting. I'm just, just doing this to stay fit and whatever. 
And he pretty much sort of gave me the little ultimatum, like, no, nah, like, you'll have, have this fight. If you don't like it, don't go good. Whatever, we don't have to fight anymore. But if you go good and you win, he's like, you'll keep fighting. So I said, yeah, right, yeah, let's do it. Went down to Coffs Harbour and had my, had my first fight on, like, yeah, week's notice and did it and won and went from there. And that was it. That was, that was what sparked the journey then. So from going from there, going from amateur boxing, which I've said too, I think I've said it on a bunch of chats now. I do think it's a very good foundation, the amateur boxing circuit for people getting involved in yep. fighting in general, but mixed martial arts because it allows you to compete all the time. Yeah. So the, the gym I was at was like, it was sort of a half a Muay Thai gym and then sort of half a, half a martial arts and sort of boxing gym. So mm-hmm. the, the first fight actually was just straight, straight into an MMA fight. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so straight in and um, yeah, just got straight in that way. Like, yeah, did did a bit of boxing and that through like when I was younger and never really got deep into it or, and had any amateur fights. But yeah, my, yep. my Swedish coach, he was like obviously trained with Alexander and did a lot of different martial arts, and he just said like, no, nah, it's it's all good. Like, we'll go down. You like have a fight, you'll be right, and we'll go from there. I said, oh, <laughs> right here, <laughs> let's do it. So Friday after work, I. I drove straight down from the Gold Coast to Coffs Harbour. It's about four hours or something. Flew down there, weighed in, had a fight next night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight in the deep end. So just jump in for some MMA. You'll be right. Yeah, pretty much. He said, like, this dude's, like, more of a Muay Thai fighter. Like, you're pretty you're pretty tough. Got decent stand-up. Like, if you're in, if you're in, any, in any trouble, just take him down and bash him down on the ground. I said, all right, yeah, let's do that. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the start of the journey, though. That's just jump in and have a crack. Yeah. Now, one thing I did want to ask as well, though, I mean, rugby league, I'm from Melbourne. I don't know much about it. You know, yep. it's, it's a foreign sport as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, you know, like, I mean, we've got Melbourne Storm, and I think we've got another team down here, too. Yeah. Sure. I look at rugby league, and I assume that all the guys that play that are a buck ten, but you're, a, you know, you're currently fighting at flyweight. Yeah. So when I, when I played footy, I was probably about. 60, 62 kilos ringing wet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was pretty small. I um, I played fullback, which is like the last guy on the defensive line, um, returning kicks. You sort of got to tackle the big dudes that make the breaks all by yourself. And um, yeah, I I give footy a, a, that um that that's what they gave me a lot of my toughness. So mm. I'm appreciative for like my time there and just learning to be strong and rely on myself sort of thing mm. well i can imagine that yeah being 60 odd kilos ring and wet and running it like a big buck 10 islander or something like that will, will make you tough pretty quick <laughs> yeah i used to do that silly stuff as well when i played footy um just used to go <laughs> go as hard as i could and didn't matter if they were the biggest guy or the smallest i'd try to even off kickoffs and stuff try to tackle them as hard as i could and yeah obviously that's where some of the injuries come from that i got and that's when it was time to sort of start start playing a sport with dudes my own size. Yeah, now that is one of the beautiful things because I've always felt, look, and that's the thing too, like talking about weight divisions, it, it is one of those things where you go, oh, sweet, I can play with people my own size, good to go. I'm not getting hit by giants. That's fantastic. I appreciate yep. it. That's always nice. All right, so that first fight, you've jumped in that six months, you know, six months worth of training, one week notice. You know, is it at that point that you realise that this is what you want to make a go of? Yeah. Pretty much, like, when I started training at that gym and straight after that fight, I 
that same sort of time frame. I was watching the um the Frankie Edgar fights with Gray Maynard, that trilogy. Mm-hmm. And um man, that just sparked me out. Like just watching Frankie Edgar fight and seeing he was this small dude taking on these massive lightweights and just didn't matter how much they hurt him, he just kept going and come back and he would just he got the wins like and that sort of just sparked that inner thing. And then that fight it just gave me this adrenaline and this feeling like I've never had before. So I was like, I've got to, I've got to find that again. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what started it. Those, that Frankie Edgar trilogy with Maynard and yeah, that first fight, just getting thrown in there and saying, go, go have fun. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, going from that to now, you know, you've got the two straps, you've got the nitro strap and you've got the eternal strap. Yep. Which I've said on multiple podcasts now is my favorite title belt in Australia. I think the actual design of the belt is by far my favorite. It looks like the old um, King of Pancrase belts. Which one's that? The Eternal one? The Eternal one. Yeah, the yeah. big silver, like the big silver face of it. It looks like the old Pancrase belts. Yeah, which... I think I think that is the design um, Cam got it made off, actually. Which I is think... by far, like, I, you know, I'm an old school fight nerd and I love the old yeah. Pancrase. Stuff and that, like the second I saw the belt, I went, "Ah, oh, sweet, okay, yeah, I got love yeah. for this." Regardless of anything else, regardless of the fact that they're doing a fantastic job and putting on the best fights and having yep. shows, in the country, the belt alone, I'm like, "Ah, oh, yep, now they got my." <laughs> That's it. Eh? So you know, going from that sort of first fight to now, you know, fighting professionally, you're on a four yep. fight with make it flyweight. You got the nice shiny straps. You know, what's the biggest difference that you can sort of see from that initial fight to like, you know, now? I mean, training, fighting, what's the biggest things that you notice? Um, well, I think the biggest thing I notice is like just how quickly it's evolved and how quickly it's changed. And even from when I started, say that 10 years ago, that's how long I've been doing it now. Um, just how quickly it's changed and gyms have adapted and coaching styles have adapted and how professional it's got, um, how much the promotions have changed themselves to try to make it bigger and better, um, the caliber of fighters coming through. Uh, I think they're the biggest things. That the biggest thing change for me now is having a family and um, having to provide and not fucking around when I'm training and just taking fights just for the fun of it. Now, like when I take a fight and I'm in, like. I'm in 100%. Like back probably five, six fights ago. Yeah, I was, I was loving it and I was having fights and I was winning and all this stuff. But it wasn't like I didn't have this real thing of like I wanted to succeed and get to where I want, like want to be. And that's the UFC for me. So that is a big difference. And I can, you know, I can sympathize. You know, like I can, I can feel that too. You know, I understand the, the difference that becoming a father makes and it does change you as a person. So that is a big, catalyst for you that's a big change in terms of like your mental switch for fighting yeah yeah 100 percent. because now my time in the gym or my time away from home when i'm training or trying to get better it's like that's time from my kids mm. so so that time when i'm there i'm like i'm there 100 i'm giving everything i've got like not tr- not trying to hurt people not trying to but trying to get better trying to trying to understand these sequences, trying to understand why we're doing these situations, these drills, these setups, these. And that's like the biggest thing for me now. Like, yeah, before I had my kids and before I had, like, my life's great. I own a house. I've got two kids. I've got a family. I don't have to, 
Like, I don't have to rely on fighting at all. Mm. But this is like, I've got this hunger inside me now for this to actually take it and actually show people what on a world stage that I can hang with these dudes and not just hang with them, but re- I reckon I could really give them all a good run for their money. So now when I'm getting ready for fights and yeah, I'm away from the family and like I've one camp I did overseas, like man, it's, it's, it's a big sacrifice. So when people sign up to fight me, they like they better know that like I'm coming and I'm coming one hundred and ten percent. So mm. that's a big thing, and, and and I can feel that too. And I and I understand that that does make the grind. You know, like you're doing all that work and you're sacrificing. It's like you know you keep mentioning that point, sacrifice, and it is sacrifice because we're yeah. all giving that amount of time. We don't know how much time we've got on the clock, and we're giving up time for this thing. You know, this thing that we want to do, or you know, we want to be successful at, or whatever it yeah. may be. And knowing too that, like, you know, you have to do it. Like, it's almost that thing, and I can understand, you have to do it for your kids. You know, you go, yeah. oh, I've got to make it work because otherwise, the, what's this? Otherwise, what's the sacrifice for? Otherwise, yeah, exactly. The, you know, the time and, and the energy and the pain and all that sort of stuff, what's that for if it's not for the, the end goal? And, you know, that comes across, man, and that's important. And that's, um, you know, that's motivating for, for myself, you know, as a father as well to sort of see that and go, yeah, no, I can see that. I feel that and that uh that's that's a strong emotion to go off, man. Yeah, man. And um it can one hundred percent be done. It's not like it's not a fairy tale that it's it's too hard to be done or it's it's this big there's this big gap between being a professional athlete and having to not work and you can't you know what I mean? Like a mm. lot of a lot of guys, yeah, they make to these big stages and they stop working and they stop and then they they have a couple wins, they have a couple losses, they release, and they go back and they start back at scratch with their life. Like it's not impossible to do this thing, having a job, ha- having a family, building a life around. So when you do finish fighting, when you do have, finish your career, you're actually set up to continue your life in a good way. Mm. I think that's a big one too. Like you mentioned, I mean that's because it is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and there's so much involved in fighting itself. You know, it's not just obviously the, uh, the sacrifice and the, and the risk that you're putting on in front of the fans, but it's all the time behind the scenes. And, but having that support structure and having that sort of thing to go back to, you know, having a family knowing that at the end of the day, that it's, it's all for them. And at the end of the day, I know that I can go back and they're there for me and it's okay. Yeah. That's it. Like if anything, yeah, if anything goes wrong, if you lose, you get caught, whatever, you're going to go home, your little boy, your little girl, whatever, your wife, they're still going to love you the exact same. They're not going to look at you any different. Um, that's the coolest thing about like about it is like, I don't know, people put these big pressures on themselves, these big things, I've got to win, I've got to do this for people, I've got to be great, like whatever. But like I'll, all I ask before any of my fights is like, just let me perform how I know I can perform. I don't want any flashy knockout. I don't, I'm not begging for anything. Just let mm. me do what I know I can do because if I do that, I know I'll be good. And if anything happens, I'm the next day, everything's going to be cool anyway. Mm. So. Actually, it's funny. I spoke about this with my oldest boy last night. We were out in the garage training. Yeah. And he did. He asked me that question. He goes, you know, have you ever lost a fight? And I said, yes. And he said, what happened? And I said, I, I went home and I got up the next day and, and life went on. Like it was okay. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world. You know, I lost the fight and he goes, yeah, so you were okay. And I'm like, yeah, everything was okay. I got up the next day and had breakfast with my family and you just go back and, and you just get back, you get back to work. 
yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, obviously losing sucks from a competitive point of view, yes. but nothing really changes. It does, like, honestly, it doesn't even really change when you win. Like, mm. yeah, you have the good feeling. Everyone wants to be your mate that night. And the next day, you're at home with the same people anyway. Yeah. Like, so it's it's funny this thing, lose and win. Like, I like that. I know it's pretty cliche when everyone says, like, you win or you learn. Like, yeah. it's real true. Like, um, no one thinks anything different of you or any less of you. Your coaches aren't upset. Like, none of that. So, No, well, the people that matter. There's always going to be. Exactly, exactly. People that matter are going to feel the same way about you regardless. Yeah. As long as you're being a good person outside of the fighting. Look, because this, this podcast itself was taking a different turn. We've gone very deep with it all. <laughs> but, it's, no, but it's important for people to hear this sort of stuff because I think in today's social media age, you know, we, we've got such a large access to, you know, like you'll know even like 10 years ago, we didn't have the access to training footage. We didn't have the access to like all these other insights. You know, yeah. you've got like a HBO you know, um, uh, lead up to like a Pacquiao or a, a Mayweather fight or something like that, but you didn't have all this, like there was none of the other stuff. And now yeah. we've got this massive insight into fighting, but I don't think we have the insight into the people who fight, but yeah, this exactly. is the people who fight, you know, like hearing guys like yourself saying that, you know, the people that love you will still love you. Yes. A loss will hurt. You know, it, it, it's, everyone wants to win. We're in the game of winning. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your family will still love you. You know, your coaches, like everyone you go home to and they're, they're still going to feel the same about you. Yeah, the people that matter, they're going to be the exact same. So The people that but, matter are going to be the same. Exactly and, right. And in the end, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't matter how good you win anyway. Someone's still going to pick something. Someone's, <laughs> someone's still going to say, oh, if I did this, I was sloppy. Or, yo, I wasn't that great. Like, you see it all the time, like. People like, still getting it, like the best dudes in the world still getting critiqued. I saw a thing. Um, it was on like that casual MMA's you know meme page or whatever the casual yep. MMA fan meme page or whatever, and it, and someone had posted, someone had commented, "Oh, John Jones only beats people because he's because of his reach. Um, <laughs> you know, like if he wasn't so tall, you know, he wouldn't be able to beat up these smaller guys." You're like, I don't think you understand weight divisions. No. Like, oh. <laughs> Man, like just. You see, I see all the, I see the dudes saying all that stuff all the time. I'm just like, man, you've never trained. You've never actually like, you've probably never had a fight. You probably never did a week of training. You're just one of those casual fans that just wants to throw their two cents in. Like, go beat John Jones. <laughs> go show me, go show me how you do it, dude. Like, it's crazy. The most winning fighter on the planet, arguably yeah. the best fighter on the planet, but someone's saying he's only winning because he's got. So, oh man, just get on the inside then. Like <laughs> it's that easy. You know what I mean? It's that easy, exactly. Like, just just get on the inside if it's easy and beat him there. You seen you seen John Jones destroy Glover Tashira on the inside. Mm. He said Glover Tashira is an awesome boxer. Watch this, I'll get on the inside and I'll just dirty box him. Yeah. Like, man, the the dude's a freak. <laughs> like he's not just he's not just beating dudes, he's beating them at their like their best part of their game. Mm. But that's the point you made, you know, like it doesn't yeah. matter what you do, what level you perform at, how well you perform, anything like that. There's still going to be people that detract from that win, that detract from that performance. So it's more about you as an athlete being happy with your own performance. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's talk about performances. Obviously coming out and getting the TKO in the third round for the eternal strap last fight out. Got to be happy yeah. with it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I've said it before when I signed up to fight Paul, obviously I knew I know Paul and he's fought a few of my teammates and 
I knew it was going to be a tough fight, and they're the fights that um that motivate me and drive me to be a better man. Mm. Yeah, obviously, two rounds before that, I thought I was winning pretty clearly and um, pretty far in front, and it was an awesome fight. The crowd was loving it. Um, I think the people were getting their money's worth. And then, yeah, obviously the finish, just little things um, through the fight that I was seeing. He was more, through the fight, I thought he was more swinging and hoping something would mm-hmm. land, where I, where I was putting things together and changing and the next sequence and ducking under and taking a takedown when I could. Like I was sort of starting to get a little, getting the setups happening and getting the, the feints and the fakes. And then, yeah, third rounds. I think it was 30 seconds in, I could see that same sort of thing he was throwing and hoping. Kept throwing those big left hooks, and I just decided before the left hook comes, I've got to throw this right, like sort of offbeat after his, and get in there first, and that's exactly what happened. It, it landed clean, and um, I think it, it broke his nose or hurt his nose, and I think that was like the start of the end. Job done. Get that shiny eternal strap, you know, I think then moving forward to, I, I mean, I want to hear it from yourself as well, but obviously making that case flyweight division in Australia, it's, yeah. it's hard to argue. I mean, it's the top of the heap, you know, like without beating around the bush. Yeah. So what's the plans then moving forward, 2019 and onwards? What's the plans? What can we expect? Oh, we're, um, we're really pushing to get this UFC contract. Um, Obviously, you might have seen my social media. I'm constantly just pushing and trying to trying to present the best case I can. Um, my last four fights, two Australian main event title fights that I've won both, um, and the other two fights on the Russian ACB show, one against the black belt from England and I knocked him out in the first round, and one against Charlie Alanese, who was on the Ultimate Fighter. And has had the Hex flyweight title and the XFC flyweight title. So if you throw my two titles and the titles from Charlie, mm. I've, I've got every major title in Australia. Mm. There's no, there's no, yeah, ifs, ands, buts, whatever. And I've also said I'll happily go fight in the UFC at Bantamweight if they're not wanting to build the flyweight division at the moment. So we're pushing and, uh, I've just signed with uh, Rival Management, which uh, manages Rob Whitaker, Alex Volkanovsky, obviously big guys in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, my manager, Reese, he's been having good chats with Sean and Nick. He was over in Brazil when Alex fought um, Aldo. Mm-hmm. He sat down, showed him my highlight reel, and they loved it. They said, fuck, this dude's awesome. Look at that. Like, he's exciting. He's extravagant the way he finishes fights he goes after it they were loving it and then they said flyweight and they said oh we're just not signing at the moment mm. so they're not getting they've they've said like we're not getting rid of the division but they're just not building at the moment which is it's a little frustrating because i want to go fight these guys i want to prove that i can beat these guys and like yeah they've got this big Australian card coming up, let me go do it. Let me go fly in whoever. I'll fight any single one of them. And I've, I asked for Kaya straight after the Eternal fight. Mm. Um, and not in a bad way. People think, like, you call a dude out, you mustn't like him, you mustn't whatever. But 
that's like that's not the case here. Me, Kai has called me out multiple times on a week's notice. So I'm trying to give him put the ball back in his court. Like, bro, we can do this. We just we have proper camps. I'm a kid from the streets. You don't get me like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, I'm not silly. So, like, yeah, I could say yes to the week notice fight on Hex and, yeah, go down there, cut a stupid amount of weight, not really be prepared, and then lose a fight, and everyone thinks Kaya beat Shannon Ross, yep. which, which isn't the case. Kaya beat Shannon Ross on a week notice, if it ever happened. Yep. So I'm trying to say, let's do this thing. We both have camps. We both roll in. You don't have to look for an opponent on a week notice. I turn up, you turn up, and we go have a mad fight. And his style and my style, let's earn some bonus money. <laughs> like, well, and and not even that. He's from New Zealand and I'm from Australia, and they're doing Robin Adesanya. How can that not be any more clear cut throw than that? Like, get it on the undercard. Just, get that on the undercard. I'd love to open the card. I would love to fight anywhere on there. And, like, it just, it's a cool fight. Like, his style, my style, we both go after it. We try to knock dudes out. And they can they can play it however they want. So, nice. and, like, and I like Kaya's style. Like, I love, I, that's, they're the sort of fights I like watching is dudes getting knocked out, dudes doing cool mm-hmm. stuff. So, that's, that's where the call out comes from is people were wondering. Because, like, some people are like, oh, Kai didn't do anything. Like, I'm like, that's not what it's about, man. Mm. No, it doesn't have to be. Like you're saying, it doesn't have to be, you know, there's no animosity with the call out. It's a call out. Oh, exactly. It's based off, like, you know, there's mutual respect and you respect his skill set and uh, you want the fight. It's a good fight. Well, do you not want the fight? Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, yeah, obviously styles make fights. And I think you open a, open a fight card up like that and you get the people. <laughs> cheering and one or more um yeah that's the way to open the card all right look dude exactly. let's uh let's push that we'll start getting some more posts for that on the socials we'll get that fight we'll get that fight happening we need to get that on an undercard somewhere it yeah makes, he um it makes- he just he announced last night that he's got a fight and it's going to be announced soon so i just i just commented on there like bro if he pulls out you know where i'm at <laughs> We'll see what happens. All right, well, fingers crossed. All right, look, before we wrap it up, I like to give people a chance to get a plugs mentioned shout-outs out of the way, anything like that. So anyone you want to mention, let them know now. And when I post up the chat later on as well, we can tag them in. Yeah, perfect. So obviously just all my sponsors that have um, – all my sponsors have been with me for a long time. Most of them over like five years now. So um, probably start with SK Nutrition and Fighting Fit Physio. Um, those guys have been helping me for a very, very long time. and obviously always drop everything for me when I have a camp and give me any resources and um, products that I need to get me through. Um, Christy from the Power Lounge, she's uh, she's come on a few years ago with all my massage and recovery and stuff like that. Um, obviously, recovery is a big part of the game these days, and especially working 40 hours a week plus training. Um, from there, obviously, my new management team, Rival Management with uh, Reese Dochin. Um, my team Puma, my team, my boxing team, Platinum Boxing in the ring. Um, and I've just got a, got some new sponsors at the moment. It's a new uh, jiu-jitsu brand called Jitsi. Mm-hmm. So um, so them and um, Up by Emperor and Emporium. So all those guys who are, they just, they back me, they help me. They've 
Uh, Art by Emperor, they've just done that recent photo shoot with me with my belts and stuff like that, so we can get a bit more media and a bit more decent photos out there. So, yeah, all those guys and obviously my family and my team. Um, yeah, all my friends, my family, the supporters, the guys that come and buy tickets off me and uh, help put a little bit of money in my pocket to get through through these things. Nice. All right, dude. Look, yeah. Like I said, thank you very much for coming on. This was, you know what it is? These chats often end up very different to how I envision them. You know, I go into chats okay. with a certain idea in my head, I think. And it was, it's funny because this, when I started this, this podcast, I started it with a very different idea in mind. I don't know if you listen to Jack Slack. Yep, I do a so, bit. Yep. I follow him on Facebook and I see his posts. And, yeah. So I used to, when I started this, I thought, you know what? It's going to be similar to that. I'll get in there. I'll do technical breakdowns and it'll be really cool. And I quickly realized that's not my strength. I quickly realized that's not what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do was talk to fighters, not even necessarily about fighting, but about the person behind the fights. And yep. this chat has perfectly illustrated that. I went in here thinking, we'll talk about fights. We'll talk about this fight, we'll talk about that fight, whatever it may be. And we ended up talking about the importance of, uh, you know, love behind fighting and, and family strength and all that sort of stuff. And it's been a very cool chat, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. I'm glad I could um, glad I could shine a little bit of light in that direction and give you what you awesome, wanted. Awesome, brother. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we will try and get that fight. We will pump that on the socials. And you and I will talk soon. Awesome, legend. Thanks for your time. Cheers, bro. Thanks, man. See ya.